Hello and welcome, esteemed gamers, friends, listeners. It is Leighton here from Leighton Night with Brian Wecht, and I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking to get even more podcast goodness to put in your face, then we've got just the thing for you, which is the official Leighton Night Patreon. We have several tiers where you can get access to recommendation lists for every episode, listen to Patreon-exclusive minisodes, get into the super awesome fan Discord, and watch videos like Brian's songwriting process for jingles on the show, or me taking apart and cleaning my mechanical keyboards. It's really fun and cool, and we super appreciate your support. It's neat. We would love to see you there. Without any further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Love you. Bye. Ho, 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 everybody. Ho, ho, ho. It's what Santa says. Yeah, on this sweet day after Christmas, which, as we all know, everybody feels very Christmassy day after uh, Christmas Eve. Don't know what you're talking about. It's the day of Christmas. Doesn't this come out on Christmas? Isn't Christmas on Thursday? I think Christmas is on Friday. What the fuck? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're correct. You're correct. I don't know what time is anymore. Very fucking Christmas. I can fill you in on my process. I counted to five. (laughs) Well, you know that's out of my purview, Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, folks, welcome to this very, very special episode of Late Night. It's a clip show. Welcome to the clip show. It's our first ever. Here's what you get for Christmas. You open up your Christmas stocking, you fist that stocking, (laughs) and what do you pull out? A bunch of clips. Yeah, really get in there. Brian, how are you feeling about Christmas, which is totally today? I like Christmas. I'm a Christmas fan. It was a big holiday for me growing up. Now I get to experience it with a very enthusiastic child, and little kid Christmas is the best Christmas. Well, it can also be a complete nightmare if you don't manage your child properly, because they're pretty overexcited. (laughs) But seeing an excited little kid on Christmas is kind of the best thing ever. So I get to see my adorable daughter freak the fuck out, which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that is absolutely lovely. What about you? As you can tell by me not knowing which day Christmas is, it's a day. It's a day where I'm going to turn off my phone, smoke a lot of weed, and watch The Shining. That's the holidays for me. I have successfully gone this entire December without hearing a single Christmas song, and I'm just thrilled with that. Oh, we put them on. We play Christmas albums here. What are your go-to Christmas tracks? Well, the Vince Guaraldi album is pretty fucking great. Fair. I know there are some haters out there, but I really like the Vince Guaraldi Christmas album. I don't hear many people talk about this one. There's an amazing Mel Torme Christmas album from the late 80s, early 90s. Mel Torme, the jazz vocalist, who also was one of the co-authors of the Christmas song, you know, Chestnuts Roasting Over an Open Fire. Ah. And just an incredible vocalist. He has a fucking awesome Christmas album with some incredible big band writing and arranging. I just love it. I also like the Elvis Christmas album, which is super dated. I went through a big Elvis phase for like many years. I'd say close to 10 years. I was a huge Elvis person. Interesting. Like in high school and college. And I used to play the Christmas album mostly to bother my sister, but (laughs) it is something that I actually really, really like. Blue Christmas is a great song. It's a great song. I love some Christmas depression. Like, fuck, my friend did a really good tweet. Shit, I'm trying to remember. This is the worst part of the show where I reference a thing that I vaguely remember and... That's late night, baby. <laughs> That's us. Welcome to this fucking clip show. While you're looking that up, my favorite Christmas album of all time, of all time, it is not very popular. You can find it on Spotify. It is Mojo Nixon's Horny Holidays. 
and it <laughs> fucking rules. Like, there's a lot of talk of fucking on this album. What does he say about Santa Claus? He's a round mound of pure pleasure pound. <laughs> Budget Nixon is one of my real inspirations, and his Christmas album is fantastic. The opening track is Happy Birthday, like to Jesus, and they sing. Oh, it's what he deserves. Yeah, happy birthday to you, you woodworking Jew. Happy birthday, dear Jesus, you renegade rabble rouser from Bethlehem. Happy birthday to you. Now blow out. And then Mojo goes, now blow out the candles, son. Like, oh, I love Mojo Nixon. I love it. Actually, my all-time favorite, Mr. Grinch, is on that album. Uh, and he sings We Three Kings. And one of the verses, <laughs> he makes a Tom Waits Reference where he goes, we three kings. I can't remember exactly what it says. Bah, 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 Bates. Feeling like we were Tom Waits. And then he just goes, and sings the rest of the song like a Tom Waits growl. It's fucking great. Love that album. That sounds so delightful. I can't find my friend's very good tweet, but the summation of it was basically why is every single Christmas song about wanting to fuck Santa? Yep. I've been tweeting a bunch about fucking the Grinch on NSP. Oh, as you should. Like, And apparently there was an SNL sketch about it, too, this weekend, which you know, it was just a coincidence. Wow. That kind of makes your NSP jokes a little passe, I suppose. You know what? I wasn't happy to see it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> They're really taking bites out of your lunch for your ridiculous Twitter account. Here was one that I wrote before I realized about the SNL thing. It's just a phrase. It just says, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Ate Your Mom's Delicious Ass. Nothing SNL could do could really hold a candle to that tweet. Yeah, it's it's pretty pro. Yeah. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I love as a Christmas song because it's just a roast. Yes. We have a fuck the Grinch song in terms of like, go fuck yourself, Grinch, not I want to fuck the Grinch, which we should fix. But we should have more like, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, but for Santa, like, Santa, you're a fucking dick. Stop breaking into my house. This is home invasion. Yeah, we should. I'm going to get a warrant for your arrest. Yeah. I feel like there's some things... Along those lines, not songs, but people have said that a bunch. And I can't think of a song. That's a good song idea. Now that we're in the Christmas season, it makes me think of my very favorite um, Patton Oswalt bit about the song Christmas Shoes. Have you heard that? Probably at some point, but I don't remember it. Do you know the song Christmas Shoes? Uh, not offhand, no. Oh, fuck, Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to Christmas Shoes because there are a lot of very, very, very bad Christmas songs, but I think Christmas Shoes takes the cake for being the absolute worst fucking Christmas song of all time. Is this by New Song? Yes. All right, you ready? Yeah. Everybody listen along at home. Um, three, three, two, two one, one, go. go. Oh, that's five fucking minutes. Oh my God, it is. It's well recorded. Oh, God. It was almost Christmas time. There I stood in another. I hate the singing. Trying to buy that last gift or two. Not really in the Christmas mood. Standing right in front of Oh, no. Little boy waiting anxiously. Is this going to be about Jesus? Worse, it's about children. Yes, I hate this. And his clothes <laughs> he was dirty from head to I love that synth sound, though. Yeah. 
Sure, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just your size. <laughs> A kid knows his mom's shoe size? That's surprising. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know my wife's shoe size. Like, my mom's dying, but she should have some nice shoes. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> if Mama meets Jesus tonight. <laughs> and I'll have you know that they made a Lifetime movie adaptation of this song starring Rob Lowe. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, we're done. This song. I'm never listening to this again. Thank you for exposing me to that because it's just, oh, I hate everything about it. Except the recorded. It's well recorded. I'll give it that. That pure poison. Later, you should listen to the Patton Oswalt bit about it that I won't spoil any of the bits from, but it is pretty fucking delightful. So yeah, Christmas music, bad actually. There are just so many um, contenders for the worst. What's the terrible uh, Christmas comes this time each year? Awful. To me, the one that is the most offensive is the do they know it's Christmas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to have fallen out of the rotation for excellent reasons because I don't obviously need to say why it's awful, but- Whew. I remember that being on the radio all the time growing up. Oh, constantly. There's the Michael Buble cover of Santa Baby where he changes it to Santa Buddy and then changes all the things he wants to like, I want a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one. This is being gay, even though the original song is totally about wanting to fuck Santa. Well, I cannot listen to a Michael Buble song without thinking about his last name, which are the words boob and lay placed next to each other. Got him. And every time I hear a Michael Buble song... I think of this as Michael Boob Lay. And it makes the songs better. Like, you can't deny he's a great singer. Yeah. Middle-aged moms love that Boob Lay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the Eartha Kit version of Santa Baby is like, you can't beat it. No. It's good. You will never do better than that. We've been listening to the Temptations Christmas album, which is pretty solid, uh, honestly. We listened to also the new Dolly Parton Christmas album, Holly Dolly Christmas. Not great. All right. I'm into that. It's not as good as you might think. She does a duet with Miley Cyrus, for example, Aww. which, okay, you can like Miley Cyrus. That's fine. There are things to like about Miley Cyrus, but that duet is not one of them. Oh, bummer. See, for me, having grown up watching Hannah Montana, where Dolly Parton had a guest spot on it as Miley's aunt, I think that's like, oh, wow. Reunion. Describe your childhood relationship with the Hannah Montana show. I... Initially was super fucking into it. I remember I got a Hannah Montana CD for Christmas and lost my mind. Yes. And then at a certain point, the switch flipped and I decided that I was too cool for Hannah Montana. And then it became like, I'm just going to shit on this all the time. Don't remember when I was super into this. Like, that never happened. As a child, it was a lot of me suddenly being very contrarian. Shocking, I know. <laughs> but I can see you going through a period, especially as a... A little blonde girl in the South loving <laughs> Hannah Montana. That seems very on brand. That's a little presumptuous of you for you to expect me to, you know, like Hannah Montana because she wears a blonde wig. It really is just appropriating blonde Southern girl culture. <laughs> culture. <laughs> it was not a good show. It's shocking, but not good. I've never seen an episode. One of those like, oh, this is a bunch of 30-year-olds playing teenagers. In fact, you know, I, I would wager if I had seen a Hannah Montana episode, that would be kind of creepy unless I had a child to watch it with because I 
don't think grown men should be watching Hannah Montana. How dare you say that? Just lots of controversial takes today. Yeah, that's what we do here. Grown Hannah Montana fans out there, you're valid. Enjoy your Christmas by watching just a whole marathon of it wherever it may be available. Please sponsor us, Hannah Montana. That Montana money. Yeah. (laughs) So we decided that we didn't want to ask anyone to be a guest at the last minute over the holidays because we were perennially booking people at the last minute. And we thought it'd be fun also to reminisce on, what are we, 43 episodes? Way more if you count many episodes of this monstrosity that we call a podcast. Mm-hmm. I love calling it a monstrosity. <laughs> you know what? I do too, actually. It's a kind of a compliment. Late at night, a monstrosity for the Terminally Online. <laughs> so we thought we'd do a clip show. We got people from the Discord. Let's see. I want to thank everybody who suggested things. We should go down the list of patrons and just thank everybody at the end of this episode. I feel like that would be nice. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. A lot of the people on our Discord who are Patreon supporters suggested clips. We had a couple people from Twitter as well. Honestly, we're using most of those suggestions because they were all great. And we need content. We really got to pad this episode, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I have actually no idea how long these clips are going to last. Some of them were just kind of moments. Enjoy this 10-minute episode. Yeah, hold on. I can look at the Spotify podcasters at Spotify.com just to really just wrap it up. I have a question while you're looking that up. The term poggers. Here, let me do, let me isolate that so you can hear me say the word poggers, ready? Poggers. I know what it means generally, and I was looking it up, and I couldn't tell if this was true or not. It looked like it had some kind of iffy origin, maybe some kind of 4chan-y, uncool origin. Is that true? Do you know anything about this? So, like, poggers comes from a pog champ who's, the origin is from, like, a Pepe meme, so... I think that's probably where you're... Yeah, okay, exactly. (laughs) I'm looking at like a dictionary website and it's like, alternatives to poggers. Wow, heck yeah, amazing. They have examples of poggers in context. Uh, An online conversation between two game players. Player one, whoa, did you see that move? Player two, poggers, I did, that was sweet. (laughs) Is using the term poggers because of the pepe-ness, should it be avoided? Take a stand right now, because this is going on the record. I need a definitive answer. It feels so far removed from its context, you know? Right. The Lost Culturistas guys, they were talking about the term sand. Yeah, yeah. And how, of course, right, it has a, the M&M origin. And since M&M is a noted homophobe, that may be weird. But also it has grown so far beyond M&M. And in fact, I would argue most people using it have no idea that it comes from an M&M song. Well, yeah, because most people using it are ignoring the fact of what that song is about. Right. <laughs> More importantly... We've had 195,000 starts of this podcast and 5,043 followers on Spotify. So, wow. All 5,043 of you. 195,000 starts and three finishes. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's 154 and 276. That's fantastic. Not a huge gap there, but uh, everybody who's listened, thank you. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I love that this is something people are listening to. It's fantastic. And what a great community of, uh, of listeners, too. Seriously, thank you all. Nothing but uh, good vibes and glad that this monstrosity can bring you a few precious droplets of serotonin on the weekly. Give me one second. I got to pee real bit. One moment. Jarek, we need a little piss and music in here. Well, here we are, folks. We're here for this clip episode, which has already started in a very high octane and exciting way. I mean, this is the thing. It feels like a Simpsons clip episode where it's like, you know what? Fine. I accept it. Let's watch a bunch of clips. As you can tell, very high energy on this beautiful Monday morning. I'm going to go to sleep 
after this. That sounds really good. That's my gift to myself, you know, as Special Agent Dale Cooper says, every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Sometimes that present is being extremely unconscious, which I will indeed do. So I hope all of you enjoy being extremely unconscious, if not right now, then at least tonight or the next night, you know, sleep hygiene is important. Don't watch TV in bed. You know, you can listen to a podcast in bed. That's acceptable. But, you know, you drink your nice glass of warm milk. Why did that become a thing? You know, why is it the trope? They put on their little nightcap and then they drink a glass of warm milk to go to bed. I can't think of anything I would like less than a glass of warm milk before bed. Brian, weigh in. I'm back. Would you know what the origin of drinking a glass of warm milk before bed is? I'm anti-milk in general. I was always told that warm milk has whatever it is, tryptophan or something that helps put you to sleep. Whether that's actually true or not, I no clue. But my parents would recommend it to me if I was having trouble sleeping. I have a very clear memory as a child, like microwaving a small glass of milk. I think it's that skin on it, the milk skin. Oh, that's the sweetest plum, <laughs> that delicious skin. Yeah, you pick it up and you eat it like a little fruit roll up. But it's like you get that mouth coating from drinking milk that is so unpleasant if you just go to sleep. Oh. The idea of milk now is appalling to me. I really hate it. I'm also lactose intolerant, so it kind of works out, but... Yeah, fair enough. I don't like milk. I don't like the idea of milk. I don't have any interest in milk. I've seen people drink milk with ice, which is an abomination. Audrey does it all the time. All right, well, good for her. She's living her best life. We got Audrey to drink a shot glass full of pickle juice the other day, and she loved it. Oh, Girl after my own heart. That's the stuff. Yep. You just get that that full on umami. I got some like really good pickles a few weeks ago, and I was just sitting there with the brine, like gaming, sipping my pickle juice. It was so good. And then people look at you weird when you say that you drink pickle brine. It's like I don't. Y'all are the weird ones. I need my high concentration of body killing sodium. Yep, that's me, pickle brine. <laughs> I'm pickle brine, bitch. Right? No. No. Everyone likes that reference. Drinking milk reminds me of being in school and they give you those like weird little cartons of milk that the pulp of it, like the pulp of the the carton always gets like really wet with milk. And like, mm. and then they're like, here's a hot dog. Here's a hot dog. Hot <laughs> dog. <laughs> That's totally on Doughboys. Mike Mitchell always calls hot dogs, hot dogs. And then also says popcorn, like popcorn, like with a U sound. Uh-huh. Shall we introduce clips? Before we get to clips, I'm going to present this like it was my idea, even though you just suggested it in a part that was uh, cut out. Perfect. You and I, Layton, why don't we reflect on our favorite moments from the show so far? I'll let you go first. Brian, that's an amazing idea. I don't know how you thought of that. Yeah, I'm a genius. Let's see. Two of my favorite episodes, just because they're with two of my favorite people, are the very, very early ones with Jory and Allie. Because it's just, oh, here's us hanging out with our friends on record, just doing stupid bits that I can listen to when I miss my friends, which is all the time. Yep. And those were early episodes, too. Jory was episode two. When we were still recording in your garage and not remote, which has been a majority of the show. Yeah, and I think Allie was episode three or four, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, those are two of my favorite episodes just for this friendship simulation of it all. But in terms of moments, One Bad Gloop really got me. That's probably the hardest I've laughed throughout this show. (laughs) I know, me too. And that will be in the clips we hear later, even though it happened two weeks ago or whatever. That's the only time on the show I think I started laughing so hard that I had to take a moment. 
Like I, I have laughed a lot on the show because we have a lot of very funny people on, but that was the one time where I was like, I just, I can't, I need, I need a moment for myself here. Yeah. I mean, that's always the best part of podcasts or any sort of thing for me is when everybody's losing it. Like it's just a delight. How about you, Brian? This was a moment that was off air. That was again, an early moment. It was when we had Anthony Carboni on, and I attempted to write a vaporwave thing. <laughs> right. And you and I went back and forth for many iterations <laughs> with you telling me how I was getting vaporwave wrong. <laughs> and it was like, it needs to be slower. No, there's too many drums. No, it needs this. And trying to explain it, because I wrote a thing and I was like, this feels right based on what I've listened to. And you were like, nope, miss. As a scholar of Vaporwave, this is important to me. Yeah, that was a fun process that people generally only saw the end of. I really, really liked that. Oh, shit. The email saga of the girl emailing about her dad and then the dad having good music. Oh, TV Glitter. TV Glitter. Oh, my God. Yeah. The saga of TV Glitter was a beautiful thing. This is from uh, Rhiannon, which I think is how you pronounce that name. This is my favorite. My father is getting close to retiring and has found a hobby. The hobby is making, quote, dark ambient, unquote, music, or what he calls drone music. This is not my favorite genre, but it's my dad, so I support him. Until he began to hold concerts for his music. This was kind of weird, but not too weird, until he got involved with the local nudist ballet artist, and they have since collaborated on a concert with his music and her dancing. How do I support my dad through this strange, nude, and auditorially upsetting stage of his life? First of all, Rhiannon, I I don't see a problem here. No, this also sounds awesome. If it was your dad getting nude, that would be a different situation. Yeah. But look, one of the divine rights of fathers is to impose their bad musical tastes on their offspring. The fact that he's composing ambient music and putting on concerts, it's pretty rad. He's like a retirement age guy, and he's discovered this new, maybe to him, genre of music. Yeah. And he's gotten it to a point where not only is he writing it, he's putting on public performances, and they sound kind of weird and arty. Yeah. You don't have to go, first of all. But I'm kind of on his side on this one because it sounds cool. Rhiannon very kindly included her father's, you know, performing name so we could look him up on SoundCloud. TV Glitter, capital L in glitter. Most of the tracks are an hour or long more. It's very mellow, like true, like drone ambient. Hey everybody, Brian here just to say that the music you're listening to is not by TV Glitter, it's by me. We just didn't want to use his music without permission. So enjoy some dark ambient music from me. Okay, I'm back. I have listened to several tracks by TV Glitter on SoundCloud. And I am a changed man. I love this music. So guys, follow TV Glitter on SoundCloud. Listen to the tracks. 
They're really, really good. TV it's, glitter, amazing. Yes. I really like dark ambient. Rihanna's question was, how do I support my dad during this thing? First of all, I don't think you need to go to every show. No. I think if you listen to the music and give him a little bit of feedback, that should be enough. You know, you don't have to indulge other people's weird hobbies. <laughs> no, if, especially if the hobby is listen to an hour plus of yeah, this drone track. like, come on. It's great that he's doing it, but... Well, and as a voyeuristic outsider who really likes dark ambient, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. But when, when it's your dad, that's a different situation. And especially there's the weirdness of like, why is my dad doing music for this naked lady who's dancing? Like, yeah. you don't have to be all in for it. You don't have to be 100% comfortable with it. Like, you love your dad. He loves you. I'm sure, like, you supporting him even in the smallest way of just saying, like, hey, I listened to your new thing. It was really cool. Yeah. Or asking him about it. I think that's sufficient. If you can't listen to it, it's okay to be like, you know what? I checked it out and I really liked it. And then move on. Or you can be like, I checked it out. It's not really my my wheelhouse, but I love also that you're true. doing it. And it's yeah. like technically really impressive. Yeah, totally true. Anyway, Rhiannon, I'd say enjoy your dad's stuff as much as you can. Yeah. If you want to be honest with him, be honest. If you don't want to be honest, don't be honest. But I think it actually is important that you support him at least in as much as you recognize that he's doing that, acknowledge it, and then, you know, and and then the, move on. The fact that you're even asking how you can support him, you're a good daughter. That's a really good point. Yes, totally. Yeah, give your dad a hug for us and tell him to keep it up. We want to hear more of his stuff. One of the first episodes we asked for, was it advice on family? So we had people yes. email us asking for advice. And one of the people was this woman who messaged us uh, saying that her father had gotten into making dark, sorry, dark ambient, dark ambient that were very long and dark that that was ambient. fine. But then he started doing live performances that were accompanied by a nude dancer and the emailer was just trying to like reconcile it of like, do I just have to accept my dad's weird hobby? The guy's name is TV Glitter on SoundCloud. Basically, our advice was like, this rules, please support your father. You know, if you're really uncomfortable, yeah. you don't have to go to these shows. At the beginning of March, this email that I am now going to read, subject line, my daughter has no appreciation. <gasps> Dear, <laughs> which great start. No, what? Dear Brian and Layton, I've been crafting my own drone music for quite a few years now. My family has put up with my strange musical tastes and I've mostly kept it to myself. When I decided to expand the art to include an appropriate visual accompaniment, the natural conclusion was Buto. Pairing the slow but progressive tones of dark ambient music with the abstract minimal dance genre made perfect sense. I reached out to a local Buto artist and we collaborated on her milestone performance, The Rag Picker, linked here. I invited my family to the debut and it was well received. Sadly, my daughter can't see past the brief, tasteful nudity and appreciate the deeper narrative of the presentation. I'm wondering if it's just a matter of taste or if she's casually dismissing the conceptual value of the performance because breasts are shown. Certainly art is a subjective experience, but it's like a meal. Flavor only comes through chewing. How can I encourage her to look with her mind? I don't want her to fall into the popular mainstream of thoughtless junk. Signed, TV Glitter. My favorite bit, and I just keep thinking about this quote, is certainly art is a subjective experience, but it's like a meal. Flavor only comes through chewing. I love that I know. so much. That really is very striking. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, you know, I, I'm reluctant to ever, like, take firm sides on matters of taste. The father is 100% correct here. The daughter is 100% wrong. <laughs> she should be supporting this. 
Without reservation. Yes, I agree. And as an artist, it's always hard when your family or people that are important to you don't support your work. Mm -hmm. You know, I can understand not understanding it. I think we're all in a field in which sometimes it's difficult for people close to us or older people a lot of times to understand. But, you know, it, it it is really difficult because when you create art, you are sharing a piece of your heart. Mm-hmm. And to have that be rejected by people who are very important to you, that's Especially difficult. your daughter. Like you're, it, well, especially yeah. because this seems like such an emotionally loaded performance that's yeah. very, very vulnerable both on the part it's, of TV I was literally about to dancer. use the word vulnerable. At the same time, I have so much empathy for the daughter and I can totally yes. understand how you could see this coming from your father and be like, this is fucking weird. Like there's totally like that feeling and I completely understand it. And especially there's a nudity component, you know, that might not bother any of us. You know, I I can understand why somebody would be spooked by it in relation to a family member. But I really do hope that the daughter can have a discussion with her father and explain why she is uncomfortable with it and that, you know, she still loves it. Because in her letter, the fact that she wrote to you guys shows how much she cares about him and, you know, how she is supportive of his endeavors. It didn't sound like this guy was a lifelong musician. And I just think about the process of someone who was not a creative or not a musician, you know, in middle age being like, I am for the first time going to create this new thing and then put it out there in the world. That must be extraordinarily challenging. Obviously, we lack the the full context. Maybe he's been doing stuff his whole life. I mean, I think a lot of people's first foray, it's so scary even when you're doing something heavy, quote unquote, normal. It's scary enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But for something that is like, again, quote unquote, out there, that's a very difficult thing to do. I'm on both of their sides here, but I definitely lean on the dad's side. The email that he sent to us is pretty passive aggressive, and I think it doesn't oh, yeah. need to be. And I totally understand that response. That's true. That sounds like a certain kind of casting aspersions on what your daughter is into. And I think you both kind of need to reconcile each other's interests and pursuits. That's a good point. He doesn't quite call himself a genius, but he's within spitting distance of of that. uh, (laughs) I mean, like, this is high art. Again, I understand both sides here, and I think it's really interesting. But yeah, that has been a fascinating saga in terms of us kind of getting another follow-up on that. Any moments in which you and Audrey interact are among my favorites. Because she has the cutest voice ever and she loves talking to you. Mm. There's probably three or four episodes where you two talk. And the one thing I remember is she was talking about haunted bread. And then you said, well, I'm hungry. And she went. So now you want bread? Because I'm saying bread? Yeah, I'm hungry. Bread sounds really good. Getting roasted by Audrey is such an honor. I, I was actually thinking as I was walking my dog today, I don't know in what context, but I thought of the... Yeah, all the time. Yeah, so much stuff I want to be done with now about. 
a big part of it, it's not a specific thing for me also, is just catching up. I had a couple people who are friends that I haven't really talked to in a while. TJ Connolly, the DJ for the Red Sox and the Bruins, who we had on an early episode. Yeah, he was lovely. Lovely guy. Planet Booty Boys, two members of Twerp. We had Meowch and Sung on. The Twerp guys I talk to pretty regularly. But TJ was an example of someone I haven't really talked talked to in like 10 years. And we had him on and just got to catch up. And that was the best. So those have been really fun, which are like, oh, here's a friend I haven't talked to in a while. And they like are some kind of maker or whatever. Yeah. Let's have them on the show and catch up. So those have been really, really fun. Yeah, it's also been nice, like, making new friends through this show. Yes. Like, Miles and I have been chatting about video games and shit. I'm going to do a hang with Rachel. Like, it's just really nice. I appreciate it a lot. Bruce Green, really fun to... I probably ran into Bruce a couple times, but just, like... Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like the next time I'm in his neck of the woods, I'll text him and be like, hey, I'm around, you know, let's, whatever hanging out means these days. Yeah, you know. Which is not hanging out at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's just doing an endless, like, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's going on? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Once it's safe to be in the same zone, uh, I'm excited for what that means we'll be able to do for, like, the Patreon and the show, just, like, more video content, maybe, question mark. You were going to do my... Makeup, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Right. We'll give you a full beat, get a little bit of that contour going. That's going to be fun. I mean, that's several months away from happening, but we're getting there. Yeah, it has been very wild to have started this show pretty much right before COVID hit because it's been a real COVID cast. Yes, in a fun way, though, because we abandoned very quickly the hey, we have to have people in person thing, which would have been actually quite limiting Yeah, had we kept that. And instead, we got to talk to Wade mm -hmm. from Cincinnati, Andrea Jones-Roy from New York, TJ's in Boston, the Planet Booty Boys from the Bay Area. Had some British folks. Yeah, British friends. We had Paul Gannon and Dodger, uh, both from the UK. Yeah. People from all over the world. Yeah, it's a delight. It has been a real pleasure to do this show and actually have, like, it has been the one thing that has been a real sense of structure of, like, okay, this is the thing I got to do every week. Absolutely. Why don't we move on to some clips? So we're going to say goodbye here. If you don't listen to the rest of the show, thank you all for being here and listening to us and supporting us. You know what? I was going to say we have a lot of fun stuff planned for 2021. That's a lie. We don't have anything planned. We're going to keep things weird and just try to figure out. What do you mean? We have so much planned. We have so much planned. So much stuff that's just, we're, Brian's bluffing so that when cool stuff happens, you're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> and then we could say, this is one of the things that we had planned. We planned it this whole time, much like a late night promise. Oh yeah, you know, a lot of people have asked about merch. We're sitting on a ton of merch. We just have to make the merch going away happen. So yeah, promise it's coming. I've been trying to figure out how to do a good stay safe, come hard shirt which I'm thinking maybe doing it in like the metal font. So it's like kind of illegible. Yes, that's fun. And it's vaguely cummy. So folks, if you want to see that, please let me know. Or if you have any other ideas for how to obfuscate the phrase, stay safe, come hard, so that it is acceptable to wear in polite company, hit me up. So anyway, without any further ado, here's some clips from this show that are good and that you'll like. Have fun. Or don't, I don't really care. In our earliest clips from episode two, guest, absolutely one of my favorite people, Jory Griffiths, and his improvised advertisement. Episode two with guest Jory Griffiths. 
so we're going to take a break so we can uh, drink some water and we're going to uh, have a word from our sponsors who we're super grateful uh, to have like so early supporting our stuff. So here we go. I was, hey, uh, hey everyone, my name is Jory. I was having problems with uh, Bluetooth connectivity on my headphones uh, and I was trying to listen to music and it kept going boop, boop, and cutting out on me and I was having a lot of trouble with it. So uh, I, I went, uh, I went to Best Buy and I got a, I got a range extender. It's a generic brand range, range extender for Bluetooth, but uh, I've been having a lot of success with it and I think you will too. Uh, so, uh, go to bluetoothrangeextender.com, uh, slash Layton, and, uh, you're going to have less problems. You're going to be able to listen to music in the shower. Uh, your phone's going to be in your bedroom and the speaker's going to be in the bathroom and you're going to have a, you're not going to have any more problems with Bluetooth. I think it'll work real good for you. Like it did for me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs> Covered in saliva for like trying to. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. Oh my god, my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, I, can't, I can't come back from this. <laughs> <laughs> Looking up and oh. just seeing two tears rolling down oh. Brian's cheeks. Holy oh, shit. Oh. I'm so honored, you Ow. guys. <laughs> genius. I don't know what else to say. It's Brian, Brian needs a moment. Oh, shit. Huh. Wow. I'm, I'm so funny. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you both. And from the same episode, here's Jory's wonderful David Lynch impression. The secret is to move the cursor up to the word filters. If you get the mouse and position it over the word filters, it's fairly simple to maneuver it down, go to the render category, and press lens flare. That's 90% of image making. Are you it's just, what? I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you, good bit. Are you describing the album cover for What Did Jack Do? I am, go check it out, it's yeah. great. Oh my God, Jory. Next clip, again, an early one. This is from uh, episode six. A couple people were talking about this as one of the best of clips. We had our good friend, Ali Jean, as our guest. Uh, Ali, you know from Game Grumps and other things. Right away, we started talking about tits. So this is our conversation with Ali Jean about breasts from episode six. You know, it's fake maple syrup, so it's just pieces it's like chunks of brown sugar and then it just when they microwave because of course they microwave it but it like it like seeps into the fluffy pancake bread and it's pretty delicious with like the savory stuff like you get it with the sausage which is normally how i got it it's got a little spice in the sausage because it's a breakfast sausage and Mm -hmm. it all just like you know that perfect bite it's supposed to have like fat salts and a little bit of heat and like the the acid that's it except it it doesn't really have acid (laughs) for a second when you said maple syrup i thought you said nipple syrup (laughs) God, imagine, okay, imagine if a woman woman had one tit that gave out milk and the other one gave out syrup, and then she was like the breakfast queen. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just do some aged cheese <laughs> with what, aged breast milk. Cheese. Guarantee you there are videos of that. <laughs> I, there's We're a kink on. video, yeah. We're yeah. off to a great start. Yeah. There um, must be a kink of women secreting various substances from their nipples. Oh, right? oh yeah. Brian. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, not just milk. Uh, I, that's what, what I'm saying. Not, not just milk. Other stuff. What do you mean? Because there's, I'm, I know there's a lactation kink. Yeah, that's, we know. That's yeah. obvious. Mm-hmm. But what about other stuff? Like, you know, not not actually doing it, but you know, computer, <laughs> like, what, what, what are you imagining? Like, like diet Jello? Pepsi? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, diet Pepsi would be a good one, I'm sure. Syrup, as we discussed. Yeah. Um, hot sauce. Hot sauce would be crazy. Yeah, I, I, okay. I guess if you could choose, this goes for everybody in this room. If you could choose to lactate a specific <laughs> liquid, oh. what would be most useful to your life? Useful, useful? water. Yeah, let's say it can't uh, hydration okay, titties. Let's say it has to be a pureed food substance. Oh, a pureed food substance. Yes. Yeah, so, like, not a liquid. Something that's not normally a liquid. Oh. uh... It sounds like, like it would hurt. Yeah, I'm sure it would. I'm like clutching my tit right now. <laughs> um, tomato soup. Does Ooh. that count? I mean, it's normally a liquid. But it is. Yes. Right. No, you know what? That, that's fine. It's like, we'll it like the concentrate soup. that you get in the can. Yeah, you have to add water. <laughs> oh, it would okay. burn too because of the acid. You know what? Like um, garlic paste. <gasps> that's a really good answer. Yeah. Yeah, that would be yeah. very useful. But then it takes out, like, I love to chop garlic. Like, that's my favorite thing in the world. You chop that garlic, you get a little bit of butter in a pan, you throw that garlic in there. It's oh, the best. Your entire you know what? place smells good. I think I would choose, which is not a food, so maybe I'm missing the whole point, is shampoo and conditioner. Because <gasps> think of so how smart. great that would be in the shower. Yeah. Yeah, right? wow. That is, like, really convenient. Yeah. I don't. I feel like I don't go through shampoo and conditioner, like, fast enough. Like, I get the big thing, and then that lasts me yeah. forever. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess with coronavirus and I'm staying home, it's like garlic. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change my answer. That also breaks all the rules we just set forth. Great. I want butter. Just butter. Just oh. butter. And it, it can be solid butter. Like it, it, I don't give, I don't I give mean, a that's heck pretty do. close to milk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you jumped up and down enough while you were breastfeeding, could you make butter inside of your titties? <laughs> As a doctor. <laughs> Welcome I to late night. You. Yeah. <laughs> And this is the reason the live show is canceled, because of conversations like this. Next clip is, again, a fairly early episode. We had the incredible Commander Meowch from Twerp, TWRP, on, and we raided a bunch of animals. So here is us raiding some cats. Cat number two here. Looks like an adorable little orange kitty. Who's it from? The kitty's name's Oliver from Alex. Kind of like a little orange kitty hanging out with some Christmas lights. And can, you say, pictures. can you say kitty again, just like you did? Kitty? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's your sound bite, bud. May I describe these awful beasts? I would, I would love it, yes. So we have two very strange-looking cats here. Um, they're two different cats. So the first one is an orange cat. It's like a red head, bright yellow eye. Looks a lot like a rooster. And these are from Wayne. And neither of these creatures have names. And then the other one is just like an abomination covered in white feathers. Is that a, per- uh, is that a person, just, do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the beak is like open. It looks like he's been munching on some clovers. These are some strange cats indeed. These are the best cats I've ever seen. This is, Agreed. Uh, to quote 1999 eBay, a plus 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 ships quick. Ten out of ten would buy again. Eleven out of ten for me. That's a glowing rating. These are great. Yeah, those are two fabulous cocks. I will say. Yeah, five whiskers out of five whiskers, for sure. 
Great. All right, next question. <laughs> Great. Cool. I think that was a successful um, cat rating. Another clip here, episode with a twerp member, the one, the only, Dr. Sung, the keyboard slash talk box slash martial arts slash personal fitness uh, champion. He recorded a little talk box thing, just a melodic line, and then I took it and put some instruments behind it. <laughs> I really love the way it came out. Please enjoy this clip from episode nine with guest Dr. Sung. I haven't done some like original music for a new episode in a bit. So, Sung, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just do some talk box thing, and I will put something underneath it. Give me a good like 10, 20 seconds of whatever the fuck you want to do, and I will put something underneath it when this episode comes out. I can do that. You want to do that right now? Yeah, just go for it. I'm going to have to tune this up because this is an analog synthesizer, so it's going to sound awful. But you can just EQ that out. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. I'll fix it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? There, there you I have it. That's it. that's my that's my piece for you. There you go. Uh, a little something. Fuck yes. Fuck that's our current awesome. theme song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hopefully you can chop some of that up and use it. That was uh, beautiful. Absolutely. That was the best. In between, since you're going to record stuff to introduce clips, I'll do some very generic, bad, um, <clears throat> vague ones. So, real quick. What that guest said, whoever that guest was, pretty great, huh? Next clip comes from an episode with our favorite Gene Park, one of the gaming reporters for the Washington Post. Absolutely wonderful guy. And we were talking about Gamer Fuel, and I wrote a little butt rock theme for Gamer Fuel. Episode 20 with guest Gene Park. Look at your G Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, we have to do the Gamer Fuel segment. Sorry, I just clicked the mic yelling. Fuck. Mostly because I want to hear the butt rock theme song. Fuck. I'm going to write a Gamer Fuel butt rock theme song that I'm going to put in right here. Gamer Fuel! All right, you heard it. That's what it was. Use that next time you need to juice up for, for a hot gaming sesh. Listen to that. Uh, it'll, it'll really get you in the mood. Yeah, and as uh, we, we discussed this as a question of like, what's your go-to gamer fuel? And I think the answer was unanimously water. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. We're, 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 we're a very well-hydrated trio. In our next clip, we were lucky enough to talk to Nimona slash She-Ra slash Lumberjanes creator Noelle Stevenson. And because Nimona is one of Audrey's favorite things, I got Audrey to record some questions for Noelle and then ask them to her. So these are Audrey's questions for Noelle Stevenson from episode 26. So, Noelle, my six-year-old daughter uh, is obsessed with Nimona. She oh. absolutely loves it. And I told her we were talking to you today, and she had a number of questions, <laughs> which come from a, you know, that great six-year-old, like, will ask anything kind of brain. So you can absolutely pass okay. on any of these. Okay. Can Nimona turn into a picture frame? 
This is something I did think about, can Demona turn into inanimate objects? And I think what I decided, you know, um, that book, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble? Oh, yeah. Uh It's a little picture book. He wishes to be a rock. He turns into a rock. But then, like, because he's a rock, he can't quite think of how to get back. I think that's how it goes. It's been a while. I think that she could turn into a picture frame, but she probably gets stuck like that for a while because picture frames don't have brains. So she'd probably eventually Mm. be able to turn back into herself just through magic. But I think that it would, like, it's not a great idea for her to turn into something that doesn't have a brain. (laughs) If that... um, <laughs> that that will answer probably a bunch of the upcoming questions as well because I don't quite remember them. One thing I will tell you, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure people of all ages uh, have read that book, but one thing that for my kid, she was five when she read it. She was talking for weeks just about the detail that when Nimona turns into the shark in the very beginning of the book, that shark has boobs, and that was her favorite thing for about three weeks. She'd just oh be walking God. around the house going, shark with boobies. It was <laughs> very, very exciting to her. Thank you for writing Nimona. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yep. This is amazing. Thank you so much for, for playing that. Like, it's really, I didn't, I did not expect to have such a, like, uh, just such a lovely, uh, you know, I'm a little overwhelmed. What that guest said, whoever that guest was, pretty great, huh? This next clip is not actually from an episode. One of our wonderful listeners, Agony Grant, put together a compilation of me saying but. And I believe the backstory here is that somebody on the Late Night Discord, which you get access to if you join our Patreon, said that I say the word but a lot, as in the conjunction, I believe. But I, I, oh, well, I just said it right there. What? Oh my gosh. But I don't think, I said it again. Now now I'm really self-conscious about this. Anyway, I don't think I say this word too much, but oh, what? Oh, fuck. Oh my God. This is... (laughs) (laughs) This is insane. I'm really not doing a bit here. I don't know what word to use because I'm so self-conscious about it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to embrace it. But Agony Grant compiled this compilation of me saying the word but a lot. So thank you to Agony Grant. And here you go. Here's Brian's big but compilation. I want to hear the butt rock theme song. But, 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 but. But 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 Next clip, actually, it was a mini episode we put out on the Patreon, patreon.com slash night, and it's an inspiring, heartwarming little story about a fun thing I drank, and I'm not going to say anything else. We did put this out as a mini-sode on the regular feed, so you can look for the mini-sode, You're In For A Treat, if you want to hear more about this, but I don't want to spoil anything, so just have fun. Listen to this. It's about me having a refreshing beverage. So... Last week, I was in here in my garage studio recording, 
you know, I was kind of in like a flow thing. Mm-hmm. And I was getting a lot of stuff done. I was really happy with uh, what I was doing. And I needed to urinate. And uh, because I didn't want to run out of the garage, I decided to take one of these bottles of green tea that I love, which was empty, and pee into it. I don't like this. Well, just just wait, because you're really not going to like it in a minute. Oh, dear God. Um, And, you know... That's something that I am biologically capable of doing and decided to accomplish. So I did it. Cut to the next morning in which I take a nice cold bottle of green tea out of my fridge, which I had brought in from the garage the previous day, and take a big old swig. (laughs) (laughs) Brian! And think, that tea tea... Oh my God! (laughs) And... I I had already swallowed and ran to the sink and spit whatever I had left in my mouth out into the sink. And Rachel, who's standing there, said, what what happened? Did the tea go bad? And I just kind of look at her and shake my head. And then she starts cracking up, understanding what has happened. And I race to the bathroom and put every mint flavored product we own into my mouth. And that's the story of how I drank my own piss. <laughs> wow, wasn't that hilarious? Next clip comes from uh, an episode where we got Audrey on the air. I always love it when Audrey can be a part of the podcast. So this is just a little conversation between Audrey and Layton from episode 28. All right, hold on one second. Talk. Uh, hi? <laughs> hi, Audrey. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Now, let me just tell Layton here that I cannot hear you, Layton. So you were talking okay. to Audrey all by yourself. Ooh. Audrey, what have you been up to today? Um, well, I've, um, I, uh, I don't really remember so much. <laughs> I know the feeling, yeah. I was just thinking when it's safe for us to hang out together, I would do you like playing with clay? Oh, uh yeah, I do. Sometime we should uh make some little clay things together. I think that would be fun. We could paint them. Oh, sure, I would love to paint clay. Yeah, I miss seeing you. <laughs> How's Coco doing? She's doing good, but she's been acting a little weird and she's been like barfing up more and more water. Blech. What's the other thing Coco's been doing recently? I don't remember. With her butt. Oh, she's been putting it in people's faces and tooting. <laughs> Maybe it's been doing that too. She'll sit on the back of my couch while I'm watching TV and just really let it rip and then act like I was doing it. You know, how dogs are. Oh, and sometimes Coco can go... <laughs> She can go like so long. Whew, that beautiful dog, a beautiful creature. Have you been playing any video games lately? Oh yeah, we've been playing Link to the Past. Ooh, do you like it? Yeah, we just got this third pendant. Now we're going to go get the Master Sword. Ooh, who's your favorite character? I think I like this. The third guy you had to beat to get the pendant. 
the bug thing? Yeah, this Renipede. He's it's like so cool. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't played Link to the Past, but that sounds really fun. It is really fun. It's really nice to hear your voice, Audrey. I miss seeing you so much. Oh, and you can come over to our house. We've been having people over for dinner. I'm sure very safely. Yeah, in the backyard, and we pull six different apart. So you could come to join us for one of our dinners. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Audrey, can you tell Layton about the, the comic strip you made? Oh, yeah. So I made a comic, but I uh, I don't think I can really tell you without uh, really showing you. <laughs> okay. Well, just describe it a little bit. So I made this little comic bit, but uh, chapter one, Super Tooth meets all the foods. So like salt and pepper on the counter that's smiling and then salt and pepper's alive. And then they meet this watermelon and then while you should, I should, draw a picture of a watermelon and then they meet the watermelon and then soup has its own smiley face and <laughs> and a pan has its own smiley face that sounds awesome i would love to see it oh and and then this mad blueberry is getting teased by pink lemonade make lemonade feels happy but then super juice comes in and he calls this the tooth fairy, the food fairy, with um <laughs> baking powder. Which she puts it in the pink lemonade, and now he's then she flies over the counter. And pop, chapter two is super tooth. And I that's love this when super tooth gets a cavity because a villain used a cavity brush. To to make the cavity in him. Then Princess Tooth hits the bad guy and feels proud. So, you know, you put your hands by fist on your side. Mm, That's of course. like a pose. And then... It's like a what kind of pose? And then it says, the end, but <laughs> is it? But then it says, but what if... What if Princess Tooth goes out on her own adventure? But before that, it's a uh, grass mark to fill in the space. Oh, that's why you put grass there, just to fill in the space? Yeah, oh. that's what Mom said. And says, what if Princess Tooth goes on her, out on her own adventure? What do you think would happen in that story? You have a story to create. Ooh, are you are you gonna make the the follow up? Just make a sequel? Oh. Uh, no, it's usually you make your own story in this comic book. This is comic book for kids, and it has a lot of different pages. I like that. That sounds really nice. Yeah, a blank comic book that you can do whatever you want. Ooh, yeah. When I was your age, I made a lot of comics like that and like little books, mostly about like. Snakes. I really liked snakes as a kid <laughs> and lizards. Oh, you know what I really like? I like like everything. Um, most of a lot of stuff. I like fish. I like jellyfish. Jellyfish is one of the top ones. Really, I I used to be really afraid of jellyfish. Well, I like moon jellies. They're just so cute. Right. 
They're really pretty. Oh, and another cute thing I think is very cute is, um, you know, one of those lizards with um, pokey uh, things on the side of their head. They're so cute and amazing. Oh, like uh, little iguanas or? Uh, yeah, little iguanas. Oh, and one of my favorite TV shows is this new movie, Octonauts. The Octonauts are these animals that help sea creatures and other animals around places in the world. Oh, okay. But in this movie, there is an octopus called Koba, and she's so cute. What does Koba sound like? Koba, 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 Koba. Ooh. Yeah, this looks super cute. I like the little, um, the cat with the eye patch. Quasi. Okay, quasi. So the polar bears, Captain Barnacles, the penguins, Peso, the CIN um, is Shellington. The dog is Dashy. Sometimes they call her Dashy Dog. And then those little half creature, half. Vegetables are called the vegemoles, <laughs> which are tunip, codish, grouper. Which one is your favorite? I like tunip. And tunip is half tuna, half turnip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like there's a uh, Professor Inkles. Professor Inkling is oh. the octopus. Okay. That looks really fun. If you could be a sea animal, what would you want to be? I don't think I would want to be anything <laughs> except for jellyfish. They're so cute. Oh, and or a tiny octopus like Koba. She's so cute. Oh, and another one of my top favorite TV shows is this show called Number Blocks and Alpha Blocks. I haven't number finished blocks. Alpha Blocks yet, but Number Blocks I have. What do you think about math, Audrey? I love it. Number blocks start by 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They go all, all the way up to 100. Whoa, that's a lot of number blocks. But you like math? Yeah. They even start by zero. But they don't start zero. They start with one. That's the first gotcha. number block you meet. One. Is math your favorite subject in school? Oh, yeah. I skipped a lot of episodes just with one. So I haven't really watched all the number blocks yet. Gotcha. Well, it's nice to have stuff that you're excited to watch. Oh, yeah. And one of my other top favorite movies or shows is Super Mario Super Show. Oh, that's a good one. Which characters do you really like? I really like Princess Peach and Koopa. I like that Koopa always fails. Like, he's like, you're going to marry me. And she's like, oh, fine, I will. And then he doesn't get married to Princess Peach. I love Princess Peach, too. She's really cute. Yeah. Oh, and I've just started this one called Mr. Bread's Bakery. Mr. Bread's Bakery. Hmm. Or it's just called Mr. Bread. Oh, Mr. Bread. So there's this one that's a huge cupcake, and every other cupcake are laughing at him, but Mr. Bread helps him get a crown. Okay. Oh, now I want bread. Love some bread. (laughs) 
So now you want bread? Because I'm saying bread? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> bread sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, so I was watching the show called Charlie's Colorform City. And what's that one about? It's uh, about this person made of blocks who can, like, open a triangle for a hat, for his hat. And then he can, like, get shapes out of it. So do you do anything other than watch TV? Uh, yeah, I play board games. Like what? What board games do you like? I like Sorry and uh, Frozen Trouble. That's just another one. And it's called Olaf's in Trouble, but this is not a movie. Those sound fun. I, I really like board games. Right. Oh, she's taking the headphones off. Oh, goodbye, Audrey. <laughs> I'm done. Bye, Layton. I love you. I love you too, Audrey. Have a good day. Bye, honey. And she's out. Fuck, that just made my day so hard. <laughs> Did you hear her whisper, wow. can I be done now? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> just heard, I'm done. <laughs> yes, she she looked at me. I, I don't know if the audio got it because it was pretty quiet. But she looks at me and she goes, can I be done now? And then, I'm done, bye. So that's the name of the episode, right? Can I be done now? <laughs> can I be done now, yeah. Perfect. I love, I said bread and now you want bread. <laughs> Just yeah. incredulous. When we put out the deep cuts episodes, I had really very little to do with these. These were all laden and she did an incredible job with them. They're deep dives into the history of found footage horror. She recorded some ads during them, which were really their products a little bit unusual. And there was one ad in each Deep Cuts episode. So here is a collection of all three ads from those Deep Cuts episodes. Do you ever feel like you don't have enough teeth? Have a few too many dreams about all of them coming loose and crumbling out of your mouth while you're talking to your crush. And also you have to take a test that you haven't studied for, even though you've been out of school for 20 years. Well, we have the product for you. Toothly is a premium subscription box that delivers fresh teeth directly to your doorstep on a monthly basis. Are they real? Are they fake? Who knows? That's what you're paying the premium for. It's all a part of the Toothly mystique. Now, I know what you're thinking. But Leighton, why would I need more teeth than I already have? Well, first of all, don't sass me. Excess teeth have plenty of practical applications in our modern world. Need something more interesting than boring old rice to throw as the happy couple leave the chapel? Why not toss up a handful of teeth for a fun surprise? Did your kid lose a tooth? Why leave them with cold hard cash when you could leave them with some cold hard teeth instead? That'll put the fear of God in them. Listen, in these uncertain times, we have enough to be stressed out about. Anything that makes our lives easier right now is a welcome reprieve from the relentless terror of daily existence. And you know what makes life easier? Just a whole metric fuck ton of human teeth. So with promo code, Leighton Night and Deep Cuts listeners can get 32% off their order. In honor of the 32 teeth in the adult human mouth, of course. So be sure to hop on over to Toothly. Oh, fuck. Oh, God, my teeth. My teeth. Uh, I guess I need to renew my subscription to Toothly. And now for a word from our sponsors. Hey there, folks. It's, uh, it's Leighton here from Leighton Night. So I've got good news and I've got bad news. And I'm going to start with the bad news. 
For those listeners who took advantage of our special offer in the last episode for the Toothly subscription box, we have a legal obligation to inform you of the developments of the past few weeks. Uh, Toothly is unfortunately currently under investigation for unethical business practices in relation to the sourcing of their product. The evidence thus far uh, points to the business operating as a cover for the disposal of human remains. So if you're in possession of any teeth supplied by Toothly, uh, you'll need to return them as soon as possible as all teeth are now considered evidence in the upcoming trial or else you could be charged with obstruction of justice. But don't worry, here's the good news. If you or a loved one purchased any human remains from Toothly, you may be entitled to financial compensation. We here at Late Night are proud to partner with the criminal law offices of Dixon and Dicklesby to make this process smoother. Call 916-900-2644 now for free legal consultation. That's 916-900-2644. And remember, the legal process doesn't have to feel like pulling teeth. All it takes is getting dick. Send in Dicklesby. Class Action Information Hotline for the Law Offices of Dixon and Dicklesby. Have you or a loved one received a package containing human remains from the subscription service Toothly? You may be entitled to financial compensation. If you have these teeth in your possession, do not touch them any further. If they have been inside of your mouth for any reason, your DNA is now a part of the evidence for an ongoing trial regarding the criminal disposal of human remains. The transfer of remains across state lines business fraud, conspiracy, the destabilization of a small island nation's economy, and interference with burial grounds, which alone is a Class D felony. The CEO of Toothly also started an affair with my wife of 12 years, but that isn't a crime, except in my heart. Cheryl, if you've called this number, I love you. Please return my calls. I'm sorry I gifted you the teeth that I thought you'd like them because of your dental practice, but that was a mistake. Please come back. If you are not Cheryl, please leave a message after the beep describing your experience with Toothly, and a legal representative will contact you shortly. Incoming calls will be recorded, but please state if you do not wish for your recording to be used on a certain podcast. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, in light of everything that's been happening, I just wanted to issue a formal apology, um, to all the Deep Cuts listeners out there. I messed up, and I'm sorry, and I, I had a huge lapse in judgment and in common sense, and I did some really bad things. And I just wanted to be honest um, and open with you about what's been going on. This is really, um, this is really hard for me. So I thought that a partnership with Toothly would be a good idea. And now I know that was wrong. I, I don't know why I thought working with a company selling questionably real teeth would be okay to do, but they sent me a bunch of free teeth, and how could you say no to that? <laughs> and then I got that call from the FBI about there being evidence in an ongoing case, 
And that was the worst day of my life. And then we found out that the clash of the action lawsuit was happening, and it was great. And then they found out that it was being thrown out because of a conflict of interest. And then we weren't even going to get any money. <laughs> and that was the second worst day of my life. And my lawyer says that I can't even say anything further because I'm being subpoenaed for the original disposal of human remains trial. But I just had to speak out because how else are people going to know that I'm a good person? I am so, so sorry. I I have a lot of growing to do and I need to step up and be better and, and be held accountable for my actions. I'm listening. I'm learning. And um, I'm sorry. I really hope you can um, someday forgive me. Whew. Well, that was all bullshit. Wait, am I still recording? Time to hear some more funny content. Next clip comes from episode 31, which had non-late night guests, but it was us with our wonderful producer, Jarek. And Jarek had some great bit ideas. And one of them was to go through our spam folders, which we did. And I found a very interesting email about something that I was caught doing at home. Ooh. So here we are from episode 31 with quote unquote guest. He's, he's part of the family, so we don't think of him as like a guest. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but our guest producer, Jarek Centeno. Ooh, here's a good one. It says it's from me, sort of, but the subject line is, I caught you masturbating, but the M in masturbating is clearly an upside-down W. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'm going to read this one. Hi, I will be direct. You watch adult content often, and I caught you. I'm going to call it masturbating. <laughs> Because, oh, and the R in masturbating is an upside down. Hold on. What is It's got some kind of diacritical mark or something on it, but it's not a normal R. Here, I'm going to text it to you. <laughs> masturbating? Yeah, masturbating. <laughs> Here, look at this. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you see what I mean about the R, though? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like that's an upside down W <laughs> dude that's so that R is really funny here I'm going to read you the rest of this so clearly that somehow they, they want to evade spam filters a bunch of the M's are upside down W's so I'm going to read this I will be direct you watch adult content often and I caught you masturbating we all do it from time to time how I did this your router was vulnerable I was able to inject some code into the firmware and the W, so it's like firmware because the W is up to that again. And, and every device connected on the network, including phones, was compromised. Then I set every device available to record with the camera, camera, 
only when you watch adult content. I also got your contact lists, phone numbers, emails, social media contacts, and here is the deal. If you don't pay me $950 worth in Bitcoin, which has been hyphenated <laughs> like it's from the 1870s, I will send you your masturbation video and search history to all of your contacts. And then it provides a couple Bitcoin addresses, and it says, important, you must put the two parts together. I see it's like part one and part two. But I guess it, that'll teach me to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> and then next to that is some crackpot physics theory that someone sent me. So. Sick. I, I'm not sure anything can beat masturbating. <laughs> it's anything can't beat off masturbating. I'm sorry. This clip comes from episode 35 with our special guest, Susie Burrow, a.k.a. Mortimer. And in this clip, Susie has a very interesting reaction to the what's poppin' bit. So episode 35 with guest Susie Burrow. So this is a segment which is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is the, the segment where we discuss things that we're watching or playing or listening to or whatever, just anything in pop culture that's kind of floating our boats these days. The interesting thing about this segment, though, is not that. It is the theme song for the segment, which is, so you know I'm a musician. Uh, I've been a musician for many years, and I decided to write the best theme song I could for this segment. I really want, it was our, I believe, our, not our first, but our second segment. Is that right? Leighton, Peaches, and Lemons came first? Yeah. I mean, the anticipation is really building here. Well, as, as well it should, because this theme song is great. I mean, it is great. Am I going to be able to hear it, or is it going to be added in post? God damn it. So, wow. Okay, Susie, you are the first person to ever anticipate this bit and negate it. And congratulations, for you have bested me. And there no. is no, 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 no. Like you, you win. This wasn't a competition until right now, and you won. That was the forty chess move. I mean, to be fair, I did just listen to your guys' last podcast where Leighton was like, "Oh wow, I think this is the first time we're listening to the intro song like while we're talking." But you know what? You did your research which enabled you to win. That's not cheating. That's just learning how to play the game. <laughs> That's preparedness. So, I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, we all know what an amazing musician you are, Brian, and especially with Go Banana Go and its success. And wow, like, oh my you. gosh, I can't wait to catch up with you about how well that's been doing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, well, see, now, like, now you make me feel even worse because not only did you kill my bit, you're complimenting me. So it's like that, <laughs> wow, I just have no response. Like it's, you're being, <laughs> you beat me at my own game and now you're rubbing it in my face by being extra nice. And it's real. it's, ooh, you're, you're evil. Well, I mean, I, I can finish and go into my uh, pop culture recommendation, what I've been listening to lately. Sure. Let's play the theme song <laughs> to what's popping right now. What's popping. All right. Go ahead. If you actually played it just then, it would have been really funny. I was hoping it was going to play right there. Now, I, I'm just out of commission now. I don't even know what to do anymore. No, it's going to like interrupt me. I know it. Now I'm terrified. Susie, what's popping? So I've been petitioning. Uh... <laughs> what's popping? <laughs> what's popping? 
is the only time this bit has ever worked. <laughs> Layden, what's popping? What's popping for me is lately I've been extremely enjoying uh, David. <laughs> what's popping? What's popping? <laughs> Guys, it's been really great talking to you today. I gotta go like, right now. Brian, what's popping? What's popping for me is the the nineteen eighty George Benson album. <laughs> what's popping? Did you get yourself or was that late? <laughs> I don't what's know what's popping. I don't have soundboard privileges. That, that was I was me. literally frantically looking through my Google Drive so I could start playing it on my end. I just thought it would be a stupid bit to do. <laughs> Pretty great, huh? Next clip comes from episode 37. This is another heartwarming story about my lovely little daughter, Audrey, about the time I took her to a public bathroom in a park. So this is from episode 37. Just a little story about me hanging out with my daughter. Men's rooms are the worst places on earth. Oh, uh, yes, I agree. And God forbid you have to go into one in like a public park or a beach because it, it is hell on earth. <laughs> I must have told this story. Uh, maybe not though, but uh, I was at a, this was a few years ago. So Audrey was like three. I took her to a park and she had to go pee. So we went into a bathroom at this park. I can't remember where it was, uh, but like a big bathroom where, uh, there's a bunch of, it's like individual rooms, but there's an overarching ceiling. So each individual bathroom kind of has the same roof. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Where there's like a little bit of a crossover. Yeah. So I take her to the bathroom because she needs to pee. And this was actually not a particularly gross bathroom, but it wasn't a great bathroom. And then I was like, you know what? I'm here. Uh, I will pee as well. And because, I am clean and believe in hygiene. I decided to wipe myself off uh, after I pee, and, which I do occasionally. You know, you drip a little, you got to do it. Not to be too explicit, but sometimes <laughs> you need to do it. And Audrey watches me do this and says very audibly in such a way that the people in the other stalls can hear. She goes, Daddy, stop pulling on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. No, no, honey, I'm not, I'm not pulling on it. And, and then she goes, you're pulling on it so hard. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, I am about to be arrested. I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to get arrested. Because there's definitely kids in the other rooms that are hearing this go on. And I quickly zip up and try to get out of the bathroom as fast as possible before anyone can see who I am. And as we're walking out of the stall, she's like, daddy, you were pulling on your penis in there. And we passed these families on the way out. And I was like, I, we have to leave now because I, something is going to happen. If, uh, if we don't stop, it was an all timer parenting moment. Next clip, episode 42, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, it's miles Luna. And it's another what's poppin' reaction. This is what Miles did when he heard the what's poppin' bit. Now, this is Layton's favorite part of the show. So, Miles, you know that I am a musician. Correct. And I have written the theme songs for this show 
and the various segments we do in the show. As you know, there's not many generally. It's just the conversation. But we do have this one segment uh, of our two regular segments. This one segment's called What's Poppin'? And the theme song is nothing short of astonishing. <laughs> uh, of course. It's something that I wrote myself. I'm more proud of it than anything I've ever written. Any of the, you know, we go to the recording studio and record all these, whatever. It's irrelevant compared to <laughs> this, you know, 10 to 15 second, I don't even know how long it is, yeah. uh, theme song that I wrote all by myself just on my computer here at home. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm gonna play it for okay. you. Okay. And what I want is your just gut reaction to it. You're going to love it. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, of course. The, the question is always, how much do you love it? Is it like, you know, you pass out uh, from amazement or is it merely that you're really happy for the rest of your life? I don't know. Okay. Um, so I'm going to play it for you right now and I just want your, your opinion. All right? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Here it goes. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? And there it was. So, thoughts. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. I just had to. Um, it was powerful. I'm scared, but I feel safe. Now, just a quick question. And I, I again, obviously, I can't imagine the amount of time that went into that. Oh. Was the intention minimalism? Because that's what I was getting from that. Quite the opposite. Maximalism. God damn it, Miles. God damn it. You're looking like a fool in front of Brian. <laughs> Layton's here. Get it. Get it together. Get it together. Yeah, no, of course. I see that now. I see that now. I just, you're yes. the musical genius and I am low. I am low. I'm down on the floor. No, 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 no. Listen, Miles, Miles, it's not your fault. You didn't appreciate it. <laughs> Thank no you. No one can fully appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Layton. Thank you. It's like light. When you include everything, it's clear. I see. God. So. Just beautiful. Oh. Uh-oh. Do we have a call-in segment? Oh, I don't know what's happening. Oh. Hello, 911. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to report a double homicide. It hasn't happened yet. It's just about to happen. And I just thought that you should maybe know about it. I'm going to be long gone. Forget my face. Forget my name. Forget this number. You can't see me, John Cena. Uh, but they're going to be, there's two of them. All right. See ya. <laughs> Layton gets very upset when I find someone who is a talented enough comedian to play along with my bit. And that has happened today. So thank you, Miles, for validating me. Wow, wasn't that hilarious? Next clip comes from episode 37. So another fun episode with our producer, Jarek Centeno. And I told Layton and Jarek about the really appalling review of the movie Blade 2 by Harry Knowles, now disgraced film critic Harry Knowles, which is one of the worst things you will ever read on the internet, and that's saying something. So here is Leighton reading the Blade 2 review from Ain't It Cool News. Blade 2 review, published at March 17th, 2002, 6 p.m., very important. A warning, Blade 2 is an R-rated movie. This is the NC-17 review of it. You have been warned. For me to review Blade 2, it is a major conflict of interest because Guillermo del Toro and I are brothers. His father says so. His wife believes this. Guillermo and I are just the best of friends. But when El Gordo calls my father dad and I call his dad pops and we delve into hours of passionate discussion about H.P. Lovecraft, Goya, Steve Ditko action, 
the movies and pussy, we can lose all track of time on planet Earth. But having attended the world premiere of Blade 2 last night, one inescapable thought crossed my mind during the movie. 10 to 1, I believe Guillermo del Toro eats pussy better than any man alive. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Watch his House of Pain sequence in Blade 2. Blade 2. Every time Blade 2 is mentioned in this review, it's all caps. Blade 2 is the tongue, mouth, fingers, and lips of a lover. The audience is the clit. Watch your audience. This is where Guillermo del Toro goes down on the audience. It starts with long licks with a nose bump on the joy button slowly. He smiles as he does this, watching the audience begin to squirm. Then he takes the audience's clit in his mouth and just licks it like crazy. The audience is ready on that precipice, then calm. He backs off, long licks again, brings in a finger to massage a bit, licks from the bottom to the top. The audience is cooing. He has them. They want release. He acts like he's going to give it to you, takes you right to the edge, the audience's backs arched, ready to come, backs off, pinching the nipples just so, his head bobbing up to say, you like. The audience shifts around, needing release. He builds again, the pressure at a near boiling point, each stroke and moment, a hypersensitive place, two fingers to the sweet spot. The audience is there, right there at that point, and suddenly he's relentless, taking the audience through a rampage of orgasms, trying to get away, trying to escape, back, 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 but he has you, and he's never going to let you forget this moment. The audience was electric, frenetically frothing, Guillermo hears them begging no more when he decides to stop for a moment. There is that relaxed calm. The audience relaxes, labored breathing, a sated smile. When suddenly the relentless bastard is at it again. It was all caps, four exclamation marks. You begin laughing, trying to push him away, but no, more pleasure, more joy, more fun. You can't handle it. You start giggling and screaming. And it goes like this for quite some time till at the end, the credits roll, the theater lights come up. You look at the screen, you realize you want that tongue again. You want that feeling again and you watch it again and again because damn he respects the clit (laughs) i mean this goes on for a long time this is so long it is so long and it's all that oh it's (laughs) oh it's just awful oh and i love that with the scroll bar it is minuscule it is all of the comments (laughs) (laughs) he respects the clit Why would any human being write this? It's why this guy was supposed to be like a major film reviewer at the time. I remember when Siskel <sighs> died, he was like in the running to be one of the replacements, I think. Uh, and now it turns out he's just a complete monster sex pervert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because before Roger Ebert's untimely death, uh, you know, he was working on this incredible review of Joker 2019, uh, which is crazy that he had somehow gone into the future and seen it and just talked about how Todd Phillips is really tickling the balls, how he's working the shaft, like (laughs) just, (sighs) it was the peak of film criticism and the world wasn't ready for it. So he had to die. Can you just read the last sentence of the review, please, Layton? Hope you enjoyed Guillermo del Toro's tongue. I mean, Blade 2. You'll be back for seconds. <laughs> this is from episode 42, another Miles Luna clip. And Layton asked me to read a meme. And that's all I'm going to tell you. It is the only time in Layton Night history that I've had to excuse myself because I was laughing so hard. All right, text from Leighton Gray, attachment one image. So, oh, wow, this is very, the res is really low. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point. It looks like a very extreme close-up of a cat 
with kind of a fisheye lens where the nose is extremely prominent. Might not be a cat, but looks like a, a low-res fisheye image of a cat. And what I can see from the text, now I might not be able to get all of it, is one bad gloop. And she... <laughs> Let's try that again. Here, here's my rule. Every time I laugh, I have to start over. Okay. One bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take a while. Excuse me. I need a moment. Okay, I got this. Okay. I want to feel it. And your motivation is you're reading the text and take us away. No, 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 we can do it. We can do it. And, and transport us there. One bad gloop. (laughs) No, just keep going. Keep channel it. Harness it. Do it. Yeah, you can. Brian. One bad gloop. And she. (laughs) What did she do? And she what, Brian? I have to start over. Why did I make this rule? (sighs) Stop laughing, Layton. I swear to God. We're not laughing. We're crying with anticipation. (laughs) And here it comes. One bad gloop, and she do what a Yankee. Two big splurge, and a big ass goopy. Three more Yankee. Then buy me a smoothie. Poured up a gloop. That's a gloop. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I have to start over. Okay. Yeah, no, you only oh have three God. words left. No, I, that was my rule. Speed run, speed run, speed run. One bad gloop and she do it a Yankee. Two big splurge and one big ass gloopy. Three more Yankee, then buy me a smoothie, pour it up a gloop. That's a gloop and a splurgy. <laughs> Bravo. So <laughs> I encountered this image, which as you can tell... <laughs> I had the exact same reaction to one bad gloop and she do what I yoinky. I saw this out of context and I was like, this is a very funny image because my brain has rotted so hard that this is the only thing that makes me laugh anymore. (laughs) But as it turns out, it's a song. What? Oh yeah, send it to Miles. All right, did you get it? I got it. What the the (laughs) fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm gonna tell you beforehand. I'm sorry. This is like me copying the tape from the ring so that I don't get killed in seven days. Ah, uh, beans. It's one of those. You done ringed me. Okay, you you sent the link. Hold on. And folks, if you want to listen at home, just look up one bad gloop on YouTube. Extended version. Great. It's a bop. I'm digging this lead in. Right? Yes, I like this. For sure. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This beat is uh, hot. Yeah, right? Uh, 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 uh. What? <laughs> I, I want to be the hype man just every now and then, just like one bag, whoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it later in the song, it gets into that. But anyway. The third peach was the arc of finding that image and then discovering that it was a song made me <laughs> almost cry laughing the other night. And so I keep, I can't stop listening to that song. And the other day I woke up 
This was yesterday. The very first words in my head were one bad gloop and she do what I yoinky. Really set the tone for the day. All right. So that is the end of our clip show. You probably heard us talk about this earlier on. Uh, we were going to read the names of all of our patrons, but like all great late night ideas, we realized it wasn't a great idea because we realized there might be some privacy concerns with people who don't want their names read aloud. So instead of reading all of your names individually and then have people be mad at us because you didn't want your name said here, we're just going to give you a warm thank you for being patrons of this show. That has enabled us to make this show in a way that we want to make it. It's enabled us to, you know what? What the fuck are we doing? We didn't thank Jarek. Yeah, what the fuck? Jarek has been a huge, huge part of this show. It's been such a joy to have him and record with him a few times. And there'll be plenty more Jarek recording sessions as the days go on. So, but by you supporting us on Patreon, that lets us work with people like Jarek and do all sorts of other fun things that otherwise we wouldn't be able to do because they cost money. Yeah. And your money is going right back into the show. Yeah. So we believe me, we're not paying ourselves out from the, from the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, this is all for the show. And, you know, just to really express our gratitude, since we can't read actual names, Brian, I think we should both just say thank you to a bunch of generic names. And maybe if that is your name, then great. Cool. So I'm going to look at popular baby names by decade. <laughs> That's literally what I was just searching. Okay, fabulous. I'm going to go from the 1910s. Oh, fabulous. Okay, I love this. So we're just going to start going. So big, big late night thank you, Megan. Thank you, William. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Bartholomew. Thank you, Woodrow. <laughs> thank you, Clyde. Thank you, Mabel. Thank you, Myrtle. Viola. Thank you so much. Of course, Bessie. Bessie, we couldn't do this without you. Marion, Norman, Leo, and Russell. All of you. Salvatore. I guess that's fine. Here's a name I've never even heard. Adeline. A-D-E-L-I-N-E. Thank you, Adeline. I like that. You are the 169th most popular baby name of the 1910s for girls. Amazing. Okay. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Fred. Can't forget, biggest supporter of the show. Thank you, Mildred and Geraldine. Mm -hmm. Marjorie, Marvin, Leonard, Leroy, Josephine, Juanita. Thank all of you. Ethel, amazing name. Good job on that name. Bernice, don't see much of those anymore, but Bernice, thank you. Darlene, Bessie, go fuck yourself. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> I think I said Bessie already. I'd like to thank Bootsy, Bernie, Maceo, and George. I'd additionally like to thank Rosemarie, Gwendolyn, Jeanette, Genevieve, Clinton, Nelson, you're great. You're a rock star. Hilda, you're beautiful. Jenny, thank you. Beulah and Velma. Let's bring Beulah back. That is a fucking fantastic name. That is a great, great name. To me, it has like a Southern kind of vibe to it, which I really, really like. There's definitely a Tom Waits song where he talks about Beulah. We need to go a little bit further back because I know that our listener base skews 90 and up. So let's look at... 1880s. <laughs> Thank you, Minnie. Minnie. God, they were really going like simple with the names from the 1880s. Just all those names hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> Thank you, Lula. Thank you, Ada. Thank you, Herman. Uh, Thank you, Effie, May, Sadie, Nancy, Susie, Maud, Flora, Viola, Leo, August. Thank all of you very, very much. We are just dragging this bit out, but it's for you. Yeah, this is painful at this point, how long this has gone on. <laughs> The best part about this bit is it is definitely not getting better 
as we do more of it. Ain't that late at night, though? Yeah. <laughs> Podcast of diminishing returns. Hopefully one of those names was you. And if not, just know that you're fantastic and we really appreciate it. And to all of our friends who listen to this show for some reason, just massively appreciate it. You're all the best and I love you. Mwah. All right, I'll have a great Christmas if that's something you want to have a great one of. And thank you so much for being here this year. We will see you next week. It's not going to be another like full guest episode, probably another clip show, and we'll see what that entails. But thank you all for being here. If you're a supporter on Patreon, thank you. If you're not, go fuck yourself. Exactly. I got nothing else to say. Stay safe, come hard. Merry Cumbus. Yes, Merry Cumbus to us all. All right, thanks, folks. See you soon. This is the end of the Christmas podcast. Goodbye. Come, miss. Come, miss. Excuse me. This is the end of the Come, miss podcast. <laughs> Bye. Come, goodbye. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wett, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>